Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring! Uh, hello, welcome to Canadian Politics. Is You're boring. recording right uh, now. I'm still recording with now. my microphone. What are you doing? And Jesse, <laughs> Jesse's trying to build a pillow fort around us while we introduce this episode. I'm Reese Waters. This is uh, Jesse Harley hi. in the middle of uh, building a pillow fort. I'm trying to so that I don't get any echo. And you started the episode without me. What I know. Are you doing? We're, we're in it now. Oh, this God, is fun. Reese, what are you doing? It's fun for behind you. the scenes. What? You're in behind <laughs> the curtains. See, you should see photos of what. A, there we go. Okay, I figured it out. Are you okay? Yeah, hi, Jesse. So. Are you in the episode now? Yes, I don't know. <laughs> Hi, with, hello. How with are you? me is is the unstoppable Jesse Harley. Oh, I like that purveyor of pillow forts, <laughs> uh, avenger of the echoes. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Uh, it's yeah, it's going. It's going. I'm trying to write a script. It's not. It's hard. It's been hard. It's been really difficult. Well, uh, you know. No, we tried to. We tried to make a. If it was easy, everyone would do it. We, so. we wanted to make a movie. Uh, my my producer Chris and I wanted to make a movie, and so we wrote a script. We talked about you probably if you're uh, listening, you probably heard me talk about writing a script a number of episodes ago, which I did, and it worked out pretty well. And then the third wave of the pandemic happened in Nova Scotia, so the movie didn't happen. And then we're like, oh, maybe we can make a movie with like one person in their apartment who shoots on their phone. I'm like, how on earth are we going to do that? So I've been trying, racking my head. 
racking my head, my brain in my head, <laughs> trying to come up with a script for that. So that's been fun. That's what I've been doing. How have well, you been? You sound busy. You sound busier than I do. I'm I'm very wow. busy. Um, and um, you know, it's good. It's it's good to be busy, especially at a time when. It's yeah, you not- like today. What was it? Yesterday, you scheduled a, a recording session for today, and then like. Like ten minutes before we were supposed to record, <laughs> you sent out an email, just rescheduling it for tomorrow, and then a text saying, "Is that okay?" I'm like, "Oh, sure." And then, like, just twenty minutes ago, you're like, "Can you record something now?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, it's well, fine. No, no, it's fine. It's, well, this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a good episode. So, um, uh, I, actually, do you know what? From last week's episode, we had a very uh, urgent email come through. An, um, an urgent email. So you know why I, I was talking about the fact that some people say new taller instead of nut taller with a soften they soften the nut. Remember that conversation? I mean, I don't think I really filed it away as an important conversation, well, but sure, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, Jesse. <laughs> anyway, um so so Dave from Vancouver Island sent us an email. Hi Dave from he, Vancouver Island. Hi Dave. Um so Dave said, and thanks for this, Dave, that um he said, I'm currently listening to your most recent episode, and I heard you mention you're confused why someone pr- would pronounce Nutella like Nutella. It confuses me too. But guess what? You and I are wrong. And he sent a link to a news article where actually the the, the Nutella people say, say it's Nutella. Um, really? He, he, he said the rest of the internet and Dave are considering cancelling us for that mistake, but uh, he'll keep <laughs> us posted. So thanks, Dave. Thank thanks you. for not cancelling us yet. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. But also thanks for, for saying, so I've been saying it wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with it. I want to call it to me as Nutella. <laughs> I'm hardening the nut. If you know what I mean? Oh God, I try not to. All right. Yeah. yeah so if, 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 you, if you like having a soft nut when you pronounce Nutella, <laughs> that's your choice. I like my nuts hard okay. in is, Nutella. Yep. <laughs> that came out wrong. No, Reese, I think it came out just right. <laughs> anyway, do you want, do you want to uh, learn about today's episode? Sure. Bring it on. What you, what you got for us? Okay. This episode is called Canada in the Vietnam War. Oh, God. It's going to be... I don't know. I said like that. depressing as it's hell. Why do you no, keep doing this to me? Why does it have to be depressing? I don't know. Why does it have to be depressing? You always send me depressing. <laughs> Not always. The, Vietnam, like, War was, the Vietnam War was horrible. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, a lot of good music and films came out of it in the decades after, at least. About um, how horrible and depressing the war was. But they were still objectively good films. Just because they were sad and tragic doesn't mean they weren't uh, well put together pieces of art. So... Yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. I'm saying we have a comedy show. <laughs> I know. People come to us for the but I, I, I f- take a break thought, from the horrors of the world. <laughs> well, I thought this was interesting because I thought Canada had nothing to do with the Vietnam War. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah, Did you? Did no, you think Canada? I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I wasn't, I'm not surprised at all. You know, like. <laughs> okay. So, officially, uh, officially. Yep. That's another, that's a new, that's word. another yep. word. That's another word. That's another way to pronounce officially. Just officially. Like Italian Nutella. It's the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Canadian government did not participate in, in the Vietnam War. That's the official. Um, official stance so so canada did try to mediate between the usa and north vietnam north vietnam trying to get them to uh, be friends again but didn't That's what work. we do yeah so uh, and one canadian representative was even involved in secretly exchanging messages between the us and north vietnam um with the approval of the canadian government they were the kind of go-between like passing notes in a class <laughs> with the i was just gonna say yeah exactly 
Jill loves you, or whatever. <laughs> Captain, we just received a note from... <laughs> from the North Vietnamese general. <laughs> Who's... He loves Jill. <laughs> <laughs> if if you would right. like to go on a date with Jill, check yes <laughs> or no. Or maybe. <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> Two options. Um, uh, so so and, and and they were trying to basically trying to find a way for um for, for the US to honorably leave the conflict and also they they mildly criticized the American war methods. Um but also Canada uh exported huge amounts of military supplies and raw materials to the Americans during the Vietnam War, including ammunition, napalm, and agent orange. What? We yeah. manufactured and shipped out agent orange? Yeah, the uh, the herbicides that were horrible. Yeah, uh, if, if you don't know what Agent Orange is, is a herbicide and defoliant chemical that was sprayed over large areas that called, caused essentially, um, yeah, uh, birth defects in children in the following generations. Oh, it was literally just to spray the crops. I thought it was like mustard, a, a form like yeah. a worse form of mustard gas to like gas. Enemy do, you, do you want to know the, you want to know the crazy part? Well, so it's not it's not like a mustard gas. It's it's to spray on crops was, to kill the crops. It was to kill crops and things, yeah, but it got in the water system and caused uh, horrible. Okay, well, that's that's all right. that's pretty bad yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Um but they, they just so you know, before they they used it in the theater of war in uh, in Vietnam, they tested it in New Brunswick. Of course on, they did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Our poor um, country, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so essentially, near Gagetown, they um, uh, they they tested it um, on a bunch of forests near the near the near an airbase. So uh, why not? And did the forests die? Um. Uh. So the Toronto Star reported the records from the 50s, 60s, and 70s show forestry workers often sued that students and junior rangers spent weeks at a time as human markers holding red helium-filled balloons on fishing lines while low-lying fl- planes f- sprayed toxic herbicides, including an infamous chemical mixture known as Agent Orange, on the brush and the boys below. Um, and the boy. Did it have any effect on people? Um. I'm doesn't say specifically, but it did. Um, the, the, I keep asking get, you these questions as if you are this giant fountain of infinite knowledge they, they, and not they, just they reading a, it from uh, like previously just researching it before you showed up. <laughs> it, 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 it must be serious because they got a one-time payment of twenty thousand dollars off the government. So each of the each of the people holding the each, balloons, each of the balloon holding balloons, and that was yeah. in the nineteen fifties. Uh, in the I think it was in the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties, so. so I thought you said. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said so, it was the 50s. So 500 firms, Canadian firms, sold $2.5 billion worth of war materials um, to the Pentagon and another $10 billion worth of food, drinks, berries, and boots, um, as well as copper, nickel, lead, oil, brass, wiring, plate armor, military transport vehicles. So Canadian unemployment, it was such good business for Canada, unemployment fell to 3.9%. So hold on. On one side of the coin, we have Canada trying to stop the conflict, trying to get yeah. people like, hey, let's just be friends. Everyone just put your guns down. And on the other side of the coin, we are providing the states who we we shook our fingers at and said, no, no, we don't like how you're doing this. But here's a bunch of poisonous gas guns, ammunition, food. Just keep doing it. But please stop. Like, what? What are we? What? It's, yeah. it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like we want nothing to do with this, but here's here's all the deadly things where's my check so uh, and in 1965 um the uh, uh so uh prime minister pearson 
gave uh, a speech in the United States at Temple University, basically saying, asking America to pause bombing North Vietnam. And uh, President Lind- Lyndon B. Johnson... Asking was, who to... Asking what? Um, the so the Prime Minister of Canadian... Uh, the Prime Minister of Canada... <laughs> no, no, I like the first one. <laughs> the Prime Minister of Canadian land basically said uh, the US should stop bombing North Korea. And the US President, Lyndon B. Johnson, grabbed him um, and talked angrily at him for an hour. What? While um, grabbing they, him? Like he just held him in grabbed, his arms? Apparently gra- grabbed him by his lapels. And held um, him by his lapels for an hour. And, and talked angrily with him for an hour. But um, in the end, they turned out, apparently afterwards they were friends. But um, yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson was was a very aggressive, uh, he, was, he was one of those people who had like a an alpha male persona. I'd like to do an episode on him. That sounds well, He's an American president, we can't, as against uh, the rules. Okay, right, yeah. There's an amazing <laughs> story where he was... He was president and he was meeting with, uh, I think it was the someone senior in the Republican Party and they would disagree and they couldn't come to an agreement. And he invited him over to discuss it. And Lyndon B. Johnson was sat in the toilet having a shit and would only talk to him if he came in to talk to him while he was. And that was his power move. It was like, I'm the president. If you're going to talk to me, we're going to do this right now while I'm busy doing this. <laughs> and the, the, the guy just basically agreed just to be able to leave. Which... <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So a long so you don't, you line don't of crazy presidents. Gotcha. Right. That's exactly. Just, yeah. Don't want to break um, tradition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> I, so also the other thing, the other way that Canada was involved was thirty thousand Canadians volunteered to fight. Um, so uh, amongst them, fifty Mohawks from uh, the Kiwahana. Kanawaki Reserve near Montreal, and 110 Canadians died in Vietnam, uh, and seven remain listed as missing in action. There's even a war, a war memorial in Ontario and another one in Quebec for um, Canadians who died in the Vietnam War. Wow. 30,000 people. 30,000 people died or volunteered? Volunteered. Okay. Still, it's a huge amount of people. That's yeah. That's without the draft. It's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they 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 believed in what the American foreign policy was, and they went with it, which is which is mind blowing. But um, uh, also, Canada became a huge haven for deserters and draft dodgers in the U.S. <laughs> so, in in 1969, <laughs> Ottawa announced that immigration officials would not ask immigration applicants of their military status if they showed up at the border seeking permanent residence. So hold on, say that again? So if you turned up at the border, say you were you were avoiding the draft or you deserted in the, the States. Army, in the States and you turned up at the Canadian border and right. you said, I need permanent residence, they wouldn't ask you your military status. They're like they wouldn't go, is this oh I was I was supposed to ask you if this is about <laughs> Vietnam, but I'm not allowed anymore. So welcome to Canada. So <laughs> So I think it was kind of like they, they were being like I think I, I think it's a nice thing to do because you know to be forced to go to war is pretty traumatic experience for people if they're uh, meanwhile they're, Canadians are volunteering by the truckload like <laughs> well they should have just done a fair swap for every Canadian though. Like, so right yeah but apparently. Um, the uh, draft evaders, people who avoided even being drafted in the first place, tended to be college-educated, middle-class, and a bit more well-off, whereas des- deserters tended to be uh, lower-income, working-class, because they were basically uh, forced – not forced, but they were coerced into into the military from high school and then wanted to leave after they joined up. So it was almost like it was a, a, a big distinction between them. Um, hmm. So eventually – the, the, there's no direct estimates, but a lot of um, 
uh, uh, it seems to be a number of like around 30 to 40,000 deserters and draft evaders uh, eventually ended up in Canada. Oh golly, Jesse, I've got some great news. We've had a fresh delivery from the ad man. Gee whiz, Reese, really from the ad man? Smell them, they're fresh. Ads. We really could have done a one-for-one swap. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) I mean, those numbers are bizarrely coincidental. That's... Yeah, exactly. And so in 1971 and 1972, Canada received more immigrants from the United States than any other country. So like, can you just picture like a draft deserter coming up to the border and you're not allowed, uh, you're not allowed asking their their military status, but you could like, there's like a secret code sort of thing. You just kind of tap your nose three times and tug on your earlobe and like, oh, okay. So you're one of those guys and you go into a booth and like, and then out from another booth on the other side of the road comes like someone who looks kind of like you in a in a wig, right? That's like your doppelganger and just kind of goes back to the States and joins the war effort as you and you join Canada as them sort of thing. And they've got a wife and kids waiting for you up in in Winnipeg and and like, hi, honey, I'm home. Oh, who are you? I'm Tom, your husband. And just I'm going, okay, that's, that's, I'm just, <laughs> it's almost like face off. Have you seen that film? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah they just swap faces. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage goes to war instead of John Travolta, even though their bodies are very different frames. Once you swap their faces, they they match. Anyway. Um, um, so also, it wasn't just, but even non-military people moved. So anywhere between 50,000 to 125,000 Americans moved to Canada. Um, and it was the largest politically motivated migration from the United States since uh, the United Empire loyalists but these be- because of the American Revolution. But these people weren't avoiding the draft. They just- no, they just didn't like the politics of the time and they wanted to live in Canada instead. Wow. And they were actually... Um, uh, anti-draft groups that helped people get into the country. So there was the Vancouver Committee to Aid American War Objectors. Okay. Or VACABO. <laughs> um, and the Toronto Anti-Draft Program, or TAD... TAD... Um, yeah, well, that's that's not the acronyms. I just I just tried to make an acronym out of it, but it didn't work. No, I like they it. weren't going for an acronym. What was, it, what was the first acronym again? Uh, VACABO? V-C-A-A-W-O. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue it does it does um <laughs> and uh, mark satin uh wrote who was a counselor on one of the programs wrote the manual for draft age immigrants to canada in 1968 and it sold a hundred thousand copies um and the canadian singer gordon lightfoot his song "Sit Down, Young Stranger" is uh, is all about his acceptance of American draft evaders in Canada. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so draft evaders were um, who who returned to the United. They were basically draft evaders were pardoned by Jimmy Carter in 1977, the world's nicest president. Um, uh, half of them stayed in Canada, but half went back without being punished. But deserters were never pardoned. Um, and oh, so the military re- there, yeah, they're still get arrested. No, they couldn't. So, they couldn't have like they, that. Would be the holding precedent then. Like, oh, if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. If you like, they'd saying, oh, if you want to desert in the future, you totally can. We'll just we'll just slap in the back and come on back. Like they can't so, do that. 
So uh, somebody called Alan Abney was arrested in 2006, uh, even though for, you know, for Why deserting. Is that late? 2006, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then was he still one. living in Canada or did he move back or? He was still living in Canada and I think he crossed the border and was arrested. Um, and then Richard Allen Shields deserted the US Army in Alaska in 1972 after serving a year in Vietnam. Um, and on March 22nd, year 2000, he attempted to drive a lumber truck across the U.S.-Canada border and was arrested and was jailed, um, but was later discharged. Oh, so, so, hold on, so what, what year? That was 2000, so that was 28 years after he deserted. Oh, my God, man. But they discharged just, him, they let him go. They let him go eventually, yeah, but he was the, the reaction was if he tried to cross into the U.S. He was just like, he was doing his job. He was driving trucks, but um, he was arrested for being a deserter. Amazing. He was like, maybe they've forgotten. It was 28 <laughs> years ago. And he's like, we never forget. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not kidding. Um, and then, but that, that wasn't the only kind of impact on Canada. It wasn't just uh, Americans as well. So after the fall of South Vietnam mm. um, in April 20, um, April 1975, um, hundreds of... Uh, of thousands of refugees known as boat people fled Vietnam and um, from 1979 to 1980 Canada admitted uh, 60,000 uh, refugees from from this wave of people wow. uh, who had spent several days in small leaky boats uh, praying and they were prey to vicious pirate attacks before ended up in squalid camps so um, where was this this was people escaping Vietnam. No, where were boats. they? Where were they? This was kind of across across the uh, across the the oceans or, or the seas around Vietnam. Okay, where they were all fleeing. Yeah. So oh, they were essentially refugees. Um, Canada takes in a lot of refugees, don't we? Yeah, and, and Canada took in more than any other nation in the world. Um, so twenty five percent of all newcomers to Canada from nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty one were from uh, from this kind of wave from South Vietnam. Um, and it essentially that wave created substantial Vietnamese, Vietnamese communities in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto mainly. Ah, cool. Okay, yeah, well, that's very neat. And then, uh, because of the, the 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 consequence of the Vietnam War was, uh, Canada decided that it was going to kind of go its own way a lot more from from America than it had traditionally in the fifties and the sixties, um, and uh, socially and politically, it was kind of a point where Canada started to do his own thing a lot more and take a bit of a stand and be his own be his own beast canada be its own beast canada be his own beast canada be your own beast yeah i don't see that that's, as a t-shirt hashtag be your own beast <laughs> i mean if you so, yeah. started your own your own like high intensity gym uh that could be your slogan i could see but not for be your own beast <laughs> canada <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's, so, as far as our stories go, it's I wouldn't call it wild and crazy. I'd call it just like a just kind of a sad war story. It's neat, it's kind of sad, but I, I find it really interesting how impacted though Canada was. Here you are, here you are, Reese. When you, we started this podcast, you were gonna you were going to convince me that Canadian politics was anything but boring and interesting. Well, that wasn't exactly boring. <laughs> it wasn't boring, no, but it was it, it wasn't wild and crazy. I think you've got me since we've been doing this for like a year and a half and I'm kind of locked in place now. I can't leave. Now you're like, oh, I can tell them whatever I want. I can tell them what I want. I don't the, care. It was, was interesting. <laughs> that was just interesting. As someone who likes the Cold War period of history out of interest, that was just interesting. Uh, and I think... What was it again? It was, it was in Canada and the Vietnam War. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say it was interesting again. <laughs> it was interesting. 
It was a story that was both interesting and full of interest. And I was interested. <laughs> All right, well, so, thank, thank you for thank you for teaching me about the Canadians, Canadian supply and gas to the Americans while trying. Well, to I'm stop also testing war. testing Agent Orange on people in New Brunswick with balloons. <laughs> I mean, that was a uh, come on, that's pretty crazy. It's, I mean, that is kind of nuts. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. like to learn more about that. If there's any, and I don't want to make light of Agent Orange. It was a horrific thing, and so was Napalm. Napalm. Oh yeah, right. Gen- you mentioned Napalm. I totally glossed over that. I glossed over Napalm. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> We should not make t-shirts based on war stories. Just no. say. <laughs> but um, yeah, napalm's bad too. Don't yeah. don't use it. Or if you've got napalm or Agent Orange around your house, don't use it. That's right. Yeah, this is our our PSA for the day. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. If you were cool. sitting around looking at your bucket of, of napalm and your cauldron of Agent Orange wondering, what should I do with this stuff? Well, you've come to the right place now that you're listening to this podcast. Reese is going to tell you what to do with it. Reese, what do they do with their bucket of uh, napalm and their cauldron of Agent Orange? Uh, find a reservoir. I'm joking. <laughs> Get on a plane. Find a neighbor. Um, give him a red if balloon. You, if you have that, I would suggest. I would first of all question why you have it, um, and the sequence of events that led to you owning both of those things would be very interesting. Maybe sp- but, spend a good ten minutes staring at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, and, and then and then just just I was going to say call nine nine nine, but that's the UK emergency line, so it won't work. So call nine one one and just say, hey, I've got something very dangerous I need to give you. And uh, just go from there. And hope I do, that who, you don't end up in jail. Yeah, yeah. Yes, just, yeah. Well, I mean, you could you just make up an elaborate story, just say you woke up and Santa brought it. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say a hobo, but Santa is much more believable. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, who are we to decide what he brings from the North Pole? Right. So it's, <laughs> it's very bad this year. Santa gave me napalm and Agent Orange. <laughs> what does that say about how I behaved? <laughs> What do you want me to do, Santa? (laughs) Or you were a very good boy, and that's exactly what you wanted and wished for. And he just oh, that's a bit of a Santa paradox, right? You were a good boy, but what you asked for was was you were a good boy that year, but what you asked for was would allow you to do something terrible the following year. And you go, well, I would I would need to decide. I mean, it would be like an altering an alternate scale. Like one year you get napalm, the other year you get coal. Although right. essentially, if you if your plan is you want some something terrible to do something terrible, then then you're bad and you're back on the naughty list. You get nothing. So maybe hmm. maybe it isn't that the Santa paradox. The is, Santa paradox. There we go. Maybe That's the, the name paradox. of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> people, yeah, we, we'll the title San, the episode par- the Santa the Santa paradox, and people if, will be pleasantly surprised when they're taught about Vietnam. <laughs> well, if you're studying philosophy in college or you're a philosopher, we've just created a whole new thing called the Santa Paradox. You're welcome. So, you know, if you want us to come and lecture and, uh, and do guests or write a book or something about our theory on the Santa Paradox, then um, and other Christmas philosophies, I'm sure we can come up with them. <laughs> ah, this has uh, been fun. Yay. Vietnam War is always fun. fun. with a capital fuck. <laughs> so... Just a capital F U and then a, th- and a little little N. <laughs> and a, mm, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um uh, definitely so, been one of our, our brighter episodes, Reese, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm uh this has been fun. This sure. has been a fun. This is, yeah. Um, as you say, and, it's been interesting. And the good. So <clears throat> yeah. Here, I'm uh, hoping I'm hoping next episode you'll have something a little juicier for me, honestly. Juicier. Yeah. Wow. Um 
It could just be another alcoholic. Well, actually, do you know what? We should, we, should, we should play the trailer for our spy series. Ooh. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to press the button. Three, two, one. Canadian spies are boring. A special season of spy stories in celebration of Canada Day 2021. Join us for 10 daily episodes as we explore the world of espionage in Canada. Season starts July 1st. So that was our spy series I know, uh, it? trailer. And that wasn't it. Uh, it's going to be longer than that. <laughs> Reese had me sing Canadian spies are boring for like two minutes and like 300 different takes and he didn't use any of them. He just no, but here's the clip of Jesse trying. No, <laughs> I'm joking. I tell you what, if if you spread the world, if you go out and t- all of you listening tell ten people to listen to this show, and our downloads uh, grow massively, I will play the clip of Jesse uh, trying to sing okay. next week. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. sure, or sure. Not. Yeah. If I remember, we'll see. Thanks for listening and sticking us in your ear holes just the way you like it. Thanks for listening to uh, Reese educate us about um, Canada's amazing uh, war economics of selling napalm and Agent Orange, which is what I'm taking out from this episode. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Or interesting. I should have, should call it napalm and timbits. No. That's what? No. Why? Napalm filled timbits. Oh, that's a new flavor this season. <laughs> Delicious. You're welcome, Tim Hortons. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you can have that one for free. <laughs> Add it to your Timothy Spitz line. But well, I'm going I'm to go home and uh, uh, try and fix my hot water heater because I haven't had a shower in two days. Oh, gross. I'm glad so. we, we did this virtually then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you you should be smell delightful. <laughs> I know. And you've got kids and a dog, so I can only imagine the wonderful perfume and musk your body is naturally producing right now. Well, do now. you know what? I made the mistake of grooming my dog before finding out there was no hot water, so I was covered in hair. <gasps> oh, God, no. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I <clears throat> ever met a man whose hands smell of dog permanently? <laughs> Just don't shake my hand. <laughs> you just go home later that night. I don't remember petting a dog. You didn't. You shook hands with me. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go now. Yeah, go shower. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it, no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we bar from the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 